Saving Susie, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18:24. One of the greatest blessings any of us will ever experience is the gift of friendship. It's easy for us to identify and understand the richness that a friend brings to our lives. But what may not always be evident is how much that relationship may mean to the other person. We all have a powerful opportunity every day to touch the lives of others through friendship and in doing so enrich our own lives along the way. Please enjoy Saving Susie. And follow the adventures of little Scotty Patton as he discovers the hero within us all through the simple act of friendship. Saving Susie, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. The dark is all consuming, every sense is on alert. As a figure hurries forward, his manner purposeful and curt. Moving quickly through this dungeon, the crumbling walls mildewed with slime, his footsteps echo urgently. Will he arrive in the nick of time? He's traveled across dusty deserts over mountains, mile by mile, fought duels with hostile bandits, slogged through swamps with crocodiles. He slept in holes and caverns, gone days disdaining food, had to drink from muddy footprints with no time to carp or brood. For neither thirst nor grinding hunger or feeling tired or weak or woozy can deter his keen, obsessive single goal of saving Susie. Her abductors, oozing evil, have misjudged their grim opponent. They may have reconsidered had they suspected or they'd known it. For he's dogged their every footstep, every planned evasive hassle, till he now brought them to ground holed up in this medieval castle. He had quickly swum the moat, and then with ease he scaled the walls. He searched the parapets, the courtyard, then the passageways and halls, till he found the creaking staircase, and he felt a creepy, dark sensation. But our hero never faltered, and descended with no hesitation. The booby traps were many as he proceeded down the steps, but he triumphed over all, wearing a smile of grim contempt. Now deep within the dungeon, through its bowels as dark as night, he advanced upon a doorway and its dim halo of light. With one great kick and push he entered. First he zigged and then he zagged, but stopped short when he caught sight of his darling Susie bound and gagged. Suspended overhead an anvil. Around her neck there hung a bomb. With her eyes she pleaded, help me. As she struggled to stay calm, she sat a chair upon a platform in the middle of a pool while Amazonian piranha circled hungrily in schools. As he surveyed the situation, his nimble mind soon formed a plan. He leapt upon the platform, snatched the bomb up in his hand. As the sweat now stung his eyes, twas as hot there as a sauna. He tossed the bomb into the pool and soon it rained down minced piranha. Then a sound of snapping cable caused Susie's eyes to upward flicker. The heavy anvil started falling, but our hero's reflexes were quicker. He deftly reached for Susie as the weight fell through the air. He held her safely in his arms, just as the anvil smashed the chair.
He removed her gag and bindings as they stood there in the mist. She closed her eyes and sighed, My hero, puckering up to give a kiss. Then a sound shattered his reverie, replacing Susie's move to love him, and his opened eyes were startled by his teacher glaring down above him. She wrapped her wooden yardstick. It made him jump. So did his neighbor as she wielded that awful weapon like a scimitar or saber. Scotty Patton, are you dreaming? She inquired in her wrath. I distinctly said to study chapter six and do your math. Yet here you sit, your book unopened. She gave the yardstick one last swish. With your eyes dull and half-lidded and your lips puckered like a fish. The other students laughed and tittered as his embarrassed pride unbuckled. The humiliation final when even Susie softly chuckled. Looks like we'll have to keep you after, as she relaxed her wooden sword. Plan on an afternoon of labor, dumping trash and cleaning boards. With that, she turned and left him, swung her stick like Captain Hook, as little Scotty Patton hid his face behind his book. And walking home that afternoon, once the trash and boards were clean, he imagined Susie needed to be rescued from some fiend. But before his dream took over, he blinked his eyes and shook his head as he ambled down the sidewalk to himself. Here's what he said. My doggone imagination got the best of me again as his eyes were blurred with moisture. He felt that trembling in his chin. I'm so tired of feeling puny, being the smallest in my class, always feeling overlooked when choosing teams. I'm always last. I so want to be a hero to be kind and true and brave, like a knight displaying virtue, not, not some jester or some knave. Seems it's only in my daydreams I've got any chance at all to be other than I am, so insignificant and small. Scotty Patton's imagination was his past to other lands, where cavalries and armies stood in wait of his commands. He's an intrepid mountain climber, conquering Everest with his clients, or on a quest with shield and sword, battling centaurs and giants. One day a fighter pilot, and then the next he's Captain Kidd, fighting Sue with General Custer, battling Moors beside El Cid. And in all his mental fictions, yes, he can really spin some doozies. One storyline's consistent. Seems he's always saving Susie. For three years, he shyly liked her. That's forever when you're ten. But he's never had the nerve to say hello or how you been. Yet he's rescued her from pirates, plucked her from the railroad tracks, ridden wild and charging stallions with her holding on and back. He's rafted over rapids, climbed a peak to bring her aid. Scotty Patton saved little Susie a hundred times since second grade. But for all his grand illusions and his desire to be a hero, on a scale of one to ten, Scotty Patton felt a zero. After dinner and some homework, a couple chores and some TV, twas off to bed and soon to sleep, perhaps to dream of Normandy. Yet in the morning things were different, with the sun so bright and brilliant. Scotty jumps out of his bed. Yeah, kids can be so darn resilient. "'Twas a morning filled with science, history, and creative writing, "'till the lunch bell finally rang. "'Is there any sound that's more inviting?' 
Scotty headed for the lunchroom, and his bag was ham on rye. He looked for a place to sit, and was then that something caught his eye. At each and every table, kids sat down with friends well-known, except in the corner near the back where one boy ate his lunch alone. Though he'd seen him in P.E. class, he didn't know him in the least. Scott just knew that he was foreign, from somewhere in the Middle East. Once he'd seen some big kids tease him, most of the others just ignored him. Scotty thought for just a moment, and then with his lunch, he ambled toward him. For he'd recalled a recent lesson that he'd heard in the Sunday school. They were talking about Jesus, how he came for man's renewal. He didn't focus on the rulers, those with power, wealth, and fame. He sought out the lost and lonely. T'was for those that Jesus came. So Scotty made a firm decision, put aside his doubt and fear, walked to the table in the back and asked, Do you mind if I sit here? The boy was truly startled. Was this another prank or joke? In the past, kids joined his table, then threw his food and spilled his Coke. But this time, he sensed was different. This wasn't meant to taunt or tease. So he pointed to a chair, and with a smile, he answered, Please. My name is Scotty Patton, and they formally shook hands. I was wondering who you were. He took a bite of rye and ham. My name is Abishara. I think I've seen you in P.E. Can I ask you something, Scotty? Why'd you come and sit with me? Well, I mostly eat alone, but I thought of something better. And I saw you by yourself, and I thought we'd eat alone together. And soon they both were laughing, just as boys will always do. It was the best lunch hour ever for either of these two. And so they made a pact that they would eat here every day, Scotty always with his brown bag and Abby with his lunchroom tray. Soon lunches turned into recess, and they would wait for one another. After school, Scott went to Abby's house, and he met his dad and mother. There were sleepovers and pizza, trips to the movies and the store. When Scotty ate at Abby's home, he'd things he'd never tried before. The days turned into weeks, and then the weeks and months rolled by. Scotty was aware of something, and he puzzled as to why. His daydreaming had receded to what was mostly memory. He simply didn't feel the need to lose himself in reverie. His days were fun and crowded, now with Abby as his friend... He still had thoughts of Susie. I don't think that will ever end. As their friendship slowly grew, Scott found his loneliness abated. Then one day, it was time for lunch, and at their table, Abby waited. Soon the air was filled with talking, which seemed to mostly come from Scott. Abby nodded, smiled, and listened, but he seemed more lost in thought. Till at last, he shifted forward, and while Scotty stopped to chew... Abby quietly remarked, I need to say something to you. I want you to know I'm thankful for approaching me that day. I think I really reached the end. He paused to find the words to say. Ever since we left our country, everything just seemed so wrong. I had no friends, no one to talk to. Never, ever felt like I belonged. My father struggles with employment. And this makes my mother cry. Back home, he was important. Now he's lost his place, his pride. Some people have been cruel, have said mean and hurtful things. 
Scott could see Porabi struggle, yet on every word he clings. They call us names like terrorists, and that's the bitter irony. We had to leave because of terror. That's why my family had to flee. So you see, I couldn't take it, he looked intently at his friend. My heart felt dead within me. I, I never thought that it would mend. Then he sniffed and slowly smiled and wiped a tear out of his eye. And that was when this goofy kid sat down with his goofy ham and rye. They both then shared a laugh as Abby's joy replaced his angst. That's why you'll always be my hero. That's why I had to tell you thanks. At these words, Scott's life was altered. He was a hero after all. He didn't need to fight a battle, climb a mountain, scale a wall. All along, he'd had the power. Now he saw it all so plain. He just had to offer friendship and do it all in Jesus' name. In that moment, Scott and Abby found the source where joy derives, and the friendship that began in school has now lasted all their lives. For they'd both discovered treasure, a friend who's closer than a brother. T'was the gift God gave to both of them and the gift they gave each other. So through high school, college, work, and life, their friendship never tarried and crescendoed on that special day when Scott was getting married. He's nothing if not persistent. He's also really choosy, for with Abby standing by his side, he said, I do, to Susie. Friendship is a gift we can all give. And, as with most things in God's economy, when we freely give, we get back so very much more. Practice friendship today. Ask God to show you someone you haven't connected with in some time. Just let them know you're thinking of them. A phone call, a lunch invitation, a handwritten card, or even a text message can go a long way in bringing refreshing encouragement to someone who may be in great need of that very thing. God knows those needs, and He'll bring people to mind. Here's an even greater challenge. Reach out in friendship to someone you don't know well. A new neighbor, a colleague at work, someone at your church, the new kid in school. Read Galatians 5, verse 22 through 26. Can you be the fruit of the Spirit to someone who may need a friend? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25:40, And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. How many times have you heard small playmates say to each other, Let's be friends! Children get it, so let's be the children of God. Let's be friends!